Hello and welcome. This is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus and I'm joined by John, who was a die-hard Manchester United fan, but not just for the men's, but for the women's. John, it's been a very, very long time since we've had a chat. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Obviously, under the circumstances. Um, how are you doing? You know, I, I can see what you're doing on YouTube, etc. for how things at home. Uh, well, at home, you know, family, immediate family are okay. Extended family, there have been issues. There have been some, let's just say, bereavements that we've had to deal with. So, you know, we kind of, we keep going at the moment. So, yeah, it's been, it's been difficult. It's been up and down. But I'm no different to anyone else across the globe, you know difficult times for everyone so just trying to trying to adjust you know very very hard anyway and for yourself everything okay yeah absolutely yeah um i live by myself anyway so i went i have done for like 10 12 years um so i'm kind of used to my own company um i've been furloughed from work so i've been at home for the past three or four weeks um trying to keep fit just by going for daily walks i think it helps the mind as well it keeps you upbeat as well instead of just staying at home in the same four walls um I've, there's no positive to this is uh, but i'm just trying to make as much time as, um i've tried to get as much out of being as home as possible really so i've started to do a bit of writing um just like articles and stuff like that something that i'm not used to but when you're at home you, you think a lot so obviously a lot of people do youtube and talk it out i'm writing it out at the moment so just try to take advantage of uh, a bit of me time, really. That's good. And you've written something recently, and it was on, was it the, the United Stand website as well? Yeah, I've written about five or six articles in the last two or three weeks. Um, like I say, I'm not a professional, but um, the articles seem to be okay. You know, I was definitely getting a few views. Um, just about the men's team at the moment, but let's just see where that goes. It's still early stages, yeah. Um, but yeah, something that I'm enjoying doing. And just a bit of credit to yourself. I mean, we talk about YouTube and um, social media a little bit. Don't underestimate the stuff that you're doing on a daily basis because it does become a part of someone's life. Um, me personally, I don't watch TV. I watch a lot of YouTube and mm. I specifically tune in to watch certain people. Um, so what you're doing on almost a daily basis, if not a daily basis, um, I don't know if you realise it, but you are definitely helping people out by doing that. You might not realise it, but trust me, there's someone out there that's purposely tuning in to watch your content and it's getting them through a very tough time of them being by, the, by themselves at the moment. So, um, you know, credit where credit's due there, one. You've done a great job so far. Well, you put a bit of pressure on me. Now I'm thinking I need to be more upbeat and happy. So it's... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. God, but yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, to be honest, when I started doing those, it was um, mainly to kind of like a mental health thing because you know you're at home and you talk to the same person if you're with someone if you're not and I just started to think about all of the people that I, I've met generally throughout my life and not being able to speak to them and it, I just thought it was just something I could do really silly and I called it the daily dropping because I thought if I was at work you know I'd be, be walking past the photocopier you know when you're in teams and in the office and you're walking past someone and, and it's like oh did you see the game at the weekend and you'd have that like 25 minute conversation that man time that man cave time in the workplace and yeah. you might get the odd kind of are you talking about football again i'm like oh god you know, leave me alone give me a break you know so not that i talk about football i generally kind of just talk nonsense about my day and how what I've seen and you know how I'm feeling and I, I then try and see oh what what can I find out and share uh, and generally it's nonsense but yeah if it helps someone then it's it's uh, 
yeah, I'm pleased. So there. You might find that a lot of conversations in day-to-day -day life is nonsense anyway. So it's, it's it's normality for a lot of people just to hear just someone's voice. You know. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And you know what? We didn't start off. We didn't have this conversation. We didn't start talking about general. People are thinking, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> let's let's get into the nitty gritty. I haven't I haven't uh, talked about the Manchester United women specifically for quite some time. And some people will probably think, "Why haven't you done that?" And and there has been a, a very good reason because I want to kind of you know widen my perspective in terms of the women's game and and who I watch and what I take on board. But you know, I still like the women's team in terms of Manchester United, I'm very, very passionate about what they want to achieve. Uh, so I want to speak to you as a, a as another fan, but also find out what you, what your thoughts are uh, with regards to playing behind closed doors. Because I've been saying from the very beginning that this is probably going to be the only way that the football world sees itself kind of moving forward in this new world that we find ourselves but also how you're feeling about the team and generally where you believe um, the team will be next season. And it, I'm saying that now because it's, it's you know, towards the end of spring, summer. Uh, but also, and I, this is the one thing again, and, and before you even get into those things, I should really throw this question at you now, but I'm almost thinking, no, I don't want to. I'm holding it back. So let's go with the behind closed doors first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you where I stand on it. Um, as someone who goes to matches, um, of course, I'm not a fan of it. But I'm at the position now where maybe it's um, against what a lot of other people think. But I'm so desperate to start watching matches now. I don't care if it's just on TV. Um, there's rumours about the German league coming back before any other league, um, men or women, whichever. Um, if I'm going to tune in to watch two German teams that I've got no, no loyalty to and probably make an afternoon of it or an evening of it, imagine how excited I'd be um, to watch my team on TV, whether it be through the FA player or MUTV, BT Sports. So I think anything is better than nothing for me at the moment. However, uh, if it's a case of just postponing it for an extra couple of months so we can get back to the grounds, then obviously I'd prefer that. Then obviously there's a lot of ramifications there about it going into next season, uh, and then that opens up a debate: should you start a second season before you finish this season? So there's a lot of it's not that easy, is it? It's not that easy at all. Um, regarding behind closed doors, um, I'm not a fan of it, but just to summarise, for me, it's better than nothing. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. I know there's a lot of Man United women fans that just doesn't want it to happen. I know that, but for me, it's better than nothing. Uh, well, I, I believe it's not even just Man United women fan. I believe it's there are fans that just just believe the season should be ended now, and everyone wants to talk about next year. Or and when you and when you put forward the the argument or the idea of of playing the game behind closed doors just to finish the season, the, the first thing that someone will throw up in the argument will be, but people are losing their lives, and that is a very that is, you know, is very accurate. You know, I would know, I know now from my own, you know, experience in terms of who around me have, have been impacted in terms of the virus. But I would still say playing behind closed doors as, as a football fan would be the next best thing. You know, I'm, I've been impacted, but I'm not saying write the season off. 
you know. So for those that say, you know, you've got to think about those that have passed away, that is a really kind of noble thing to do. But generally, when football fans speak about anything, it's from a selfish point of view. It's never, it's never on behalf of the other fan because they only see things through their filter, their actual position in terms of where they are. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the I. And even though they say we as fans, it's very much from the I. You know, my position has always been about the, the behind closed doors is because you will, as you've served yourself, get to a point where you're desperate to watch anything. I mean, the, the queue in front of Sainsbury's now is because people are at home. Imagine if you had to know you were going to queue for the, the, the nachos and the Cheetos and the chocolate and all of the beer because your team was playing at home. You would be excited. And, and and maybe it's because of my age and I'm older than some of the fans that I talk to. But my I first fell in love with football because of television, not in spite of television. I fell in love with it because I watched it. I then played it. And then I fell in love with a particular team. So when everyone says I can't watch a game on television, I actually step back and think, I don't think you understand what you are actually saying because it doesn't matter what's on television, you will watch it. You may have this, I'm on an island, this isn't right position, but there is so much crap on TV now that people watch anyway. You give them live sport. Right now, I'm not a boxing fan. I'm not even a darts fan. You put those things on television right now, I'm gonna turn on because there is nothing else. So even, so when I talk about football as the game that I love, and someone says it's got to be played behind closed doors. With everything that's happened in my personal life, do you think I'm going to moan about it? I'm not going to moan about it. And this was, I was, I had that position before things happened. Now things have happened. I'm definitely in the position of, well, you know what? If that's what it takes to get the season started, if that's what it takes for people to actually watch something that they say that they love, then I'm doing it. Then I will watch it. But if anyone turns around and says to me, oh, you know what, if it's on, I'm not going to watch it. That's fine. You can be the adult that stands in the room and faces the wall. I've seen <laughs> That's perfectly fine. But from a football fan's point of view, there's someone out there who's going to say, I'm going to watch it. Despite all of the other comments that go flying around because there's nothing else to do. And we are now so deep into this lockdown People are beginning to change, but I was already in this position. So I'm not trying to claim that I know it all, but the football world is very much like your small corner shop. If you walk in, they want you to spend money. But if you ask them, do you have this? And they, you say no, and they, they, <laughs> you start to walk away, they will say, but I've got this, because they can see money leaving. The football world has realised if they say the season is over, there's no money particularly the women's game. But to say we have football and it's behind closed doors and we can do then at least for them, if it's on television, if it's on television, imagine if it's on television, then they get a slice of the advertising, which they were never going to get if it was just a live game. So they have, as a business, they're weighing it up. From a football fan's point of view, we just have to kind of look at it. But if, if, the, if the football is cancelled, if the season is cancelled right now, I know I, you know, I mean, would you be upset if it was cancelled right now? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset because I'm, I'm not really expecting. I'm not really expecting to come back. To be honest, 
Um, to me, I don't care if it's this season or next season. I just want to be watching games. I don't care which season it belongs to. Um, the French league has just been cancelled, hasn't it? And that was announced literally in the last couple of hours that PSG has won that league. They're actually going to give them the title, even though they're 12 points clear, but they're still got over 10 games to go. Um, so they've, you know, so it's happening in, in other countries. Um, I think was it the Belgium league, um, Club Bruges, they got awarded it, I think, as well. So it is happening in other countries. You know, I think that we're massively behind, I, I think we're massively way away from um, crowds going to matches. So it's just a question of, are we going to do behind closed doors or not? Um, yeah. I, I, I think we, we possibly will end up doing it behind closed doors, um, but it won't be, it won't be any time soon, I don't think. Well, let's be honest, John. No one watches French football anyway, so that's you know, no one's shedding tears about that league being can Seriously, you know, yeah, if you yeah. said to me, "Oh, the Belgium league's cancelled," I'm like, I've never watched it. The French league, hardly watch it. The German league, people watch the Bundesliga, which is why there's conversations about them coming back. You see, the leagues mm-hmm. that pull in money financially from television and advertising, they're the ones that are looking at saying we need to play behind closed doors. They're the ones. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the way I've been looking at it, whether, whether it comes to um, leagues being cancelled or the timing of when it's going to return, is the first question that they'll ask is obviously the safety and the health point of view. But then the second um, question that they'll ask is what money will they, what, what decision can they make um, that will sacrifice the least amount of money? So obviously, obviously TV companies or fans or whatever, however they get their income. If it's going to cost them the least money by making a certain decision, then that's the decision that they'll go for. And the question there is, will they cancel this season in the hope that they can get a second season in August? Will that cost them the least money? Um, I think that that's what they're going to base it on more more than obviously what we want or anything like that. Um, And I can't see crowds going to matches in August. So to me, you might as well finish this season behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I'm Yeah, I know. I have to agree with you. I really do have to agree with you. Right. To be honest, let's talk a little bit about Manchester United women. Yeah. You you know, news recently, young player of the year, rising star, Lauren James. Yeah, never in question, was it? Never in question. Um, Some fans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, first of all, just before we jump onto this, our last conversation that we had back in December on screen, um, you made um, you made a comment about Molly Green, and you got that one right, didn't you? I remember you saying something along the lines of, "Would Molly Green stay um, when she's not getting any game time?" So just because we're talking about Man United women, I thought I'd give you a bit more credit before <laughs> I give you before I push you got any more. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so credit where credit's due there as well. You got the Molly Green um, thing right, saying that she would probably leave, um, even though it was only on loan. Mm. Uh, so I just thought I'd drop that in because uh, we're talking about Man United women. Um, LJ obviously had a fantastic season. She's not my player of the year. If I had to name someone so far, I would go for um, probably Galton. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan that where I like to see excitement. And I think even though Hayley Ladd 
has been a rock. And considering she's only just joined the squad this season, she has been very, you know, very impactful. I just like to say excitement. So I would have probably gone for um, Leah. Yeah. Um, but LJ is definitely a game changer and for her age as well. Um, she's done fantastic. So for her to be the young player of the year makes sense. And then for me, the player of the season for Man United at least would be uh, Leah Galton. And I think that's how I would kind of separate the two there. Uh, I'd give one the young player and one player of the season. And then if you want to go for signing of the season, I could go for Hayley Ladd. So <laughs> that's get off me either in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, uh, Lauren definitely deserved the award for me. You know, I'm sure that that would probably be disputed, uh, as I've said. But uh, she is a, a very special talent. And I really hope that this is, not that it puts pressure on her, but I hope that she sees this as, as the recognition that people have of her outside the, the walls of, of, of Manchester. Um, but in terms of, of your player of the season and signing of the season, it have, for me, it has to be one player. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go for Hayley Lang. Um, not much in terms of fanfare about her arrival. She slotted in very nicely, accomplished in front of the back four, just breaks up play, makes keeps it simple. You know, she adds something. She added something that, that was clearly missing last year and she just looks at ease in the position and in the team. And, you know, you, you can... You can talk a lot about new signings coming in and they're doing lots of uh, running around and there's the expectation. But if you come in and do your job really, really well and quietly and, and people understand, you know, the importance that you play within the team structure, uh, then it goes some way to say what kind of player you are. If she starts adding goals to her game, then, you know, then everyone will start looking around going, did you see Hayley Ladd? But because she she doesn't have that, you know, people they don't really pay attention. But if she started, if she scored like three or four goals in the league, people would be looking up and going, "She's special because of the position." And it's very, very difficult, I'd say, for for any deep lying midfield player to to kind of get in, uh, into a scoring position and 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 actually score. So when when that does happen, I think everyone else will start to go, "Wow." She scored one of the um, goals of the season, in my eyes. I don't know if yeah. you remember it. It was yeah. the um, level, level one win, was it, where she was outside the box and just yeah. uh, the celebration well, was the best. Yeah. Like it, well, uh, like it, the, the thing is with the, the 11 ones, as much as, you know, for me, those score lines are almost embarrassing to look at in a sense because you're thinking there needs to be a bit, a bit more of a competition. But yeah, she did score a very good goal. But, you know, she scores a goal against City, Chelsea. Arsenal, yeah, you know, you know that everyone's going to look up and go, okay, you, this is you, right? Okay, okay. So for me, definitely Hayley Ladd, uh, I would say signing of the season and I would say player of the season as, as it stands right now. But, you know, should, the, should the, the, the team come back and play behind closed doors or in a, in a venue that no one can get to, then, you know, some, it might be someone else who has a run of games and they... Mm. they they, they, you know, they like to eat humble pie. They eat humble pie. You know, in terms of, of Molly, I know that she's gone out on loan. You know, I'm going to ask you this, and this is just something that I thought about. Do you, do you believe that she might be there next season? Or do you believe that she might seek to move on? I think if you have a look at the system that we play with three midfielders, um, you mentioned Hayley Ladd. 
and I can't see how she can get regular game time at the moment. So if she's even if she does a great job at Sheffield United, can she come back and get in ahead of Zellum, ahead of Tooney and Gronin and any other new sign that we may bring in? Because even though Gronin may not have had the best season or the season that was expected regarding maybe goal contribution, mm. I can't see why they're coming back ahead of those. So again, you're in that scenario where She's just taking up space on the bench where she's probably going to be second or third choice uh, sub. Um, yes, she can play cup matches, but again, that's what she was doing this season. Um, I'd like to see her come back. I am a fan. I really am. That's why I defended her last time we spoke. Mm. If it's already happened, you know, I can't see her come back. That doesn't mean that we're going to sell her. You know, that it could just be a case of getting a uh, keeper at Sheffield and seeing where she goes there. Um, there's fans... That, uh, that we speak to on a regular basis um, where they would prefer Palmer more than Molly. So that's somebody else who's, uh, who's ahead of Molly. So I can't see just yet. Coming, I can't see her coming back just yet. Um, and then if you look at signings, which you can talk about afterwards as well, but if you're going to bring in a signing to improve that midfield, if you say currently that our midfielders are all seven or eight out of tens, that means you've got to bring in a signing that's at least an eight or nine out of ten to make it worthwhile, and that's going to push Molly out of the way as well because Molly isn't a nine out of ten um, centre midfielder. So I, when you look at all these kind of things, I can't see Molly getting any more game time than she's had this season. Uh, it's really hard to to kind of not agree with what you've said so far. Actually, um, I do hope mm-hmm. I do hope that she. Uh, comes back and and finds a way to to prove I don't know those the doubters wrong, and she kind of cements herself in the team. But if she moves on, she does move on. Uh, it does depend on what the um, what Casey's uh, planning is for summer signings. If there's no midfielders coming in, um, then let's be honest, the midfield isn't too much of a issue really I mean there's always ways you can improve it and there's always um, players who can do potentially better or you can get more out of them but the midfield three has been the consistent um, part of the uh, starting 11 um, it's your fullbacks that keep on changing or your strikers that keep on changing um, it's your wingers where we need more depth and we, and we saw that with the injuries of Galton and Hansen so I think strengthening the centre midfield is possibly the um, least one of the least areas that, that need to be changed, unless if you're going to go for that superstar signing like a nine out of ten player. Um, so if that is the case, then there is a good opportunity that Molly can work her way back in there. But I just don't think she'll be starting. Mm. Do you know? I, I, you know, I can I can hear the voices now in my head. I can hear the voices. You know, in terms of you know the superstar the superstar signing. Uh, whether that happens or not is is debatable, considering the financial situation that most clubs are now finding themselves in, and not just in terms of the women's game, but generally. And, and it will be very difficult if football 
will find itself being played behind closed doors that you're going to have those kind of signings making trips from another European country to the UK. You know, I'm just, but it's, it's, it will make it slightly more difficult. <laughs> you know, I'll just say, I'll just say that. So how about if um, we brought in two English players who potentially play abroad, but potentially as a contract? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that could work. <laughs> I'm just in You're saying it. You're putting words on it. So, um, oh, whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know. But oh, it is two years where we possibly need strength in it. So maybe, yeah, that suits a few people there. Yeah, no comment, John. No comment. <laughs> no comment. I'll refuse. I need to speak to my legal legal counsel for that one. Oh gosh. Oh sugar. That's so yeah. bad. That's so bad. You know, honestly. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think seriously. I think I, if I say anything, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble, John. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know the uh, the devs as much as the rest of the army army do because I, I don't watch them. Um, I just hear them talk about them every day, so I feel like I know just a little bit. Um, maybe there is place in the squad for a couple of those to step up. Um, so if you can get a couple of players, um, if you can get a couple of good players in, yeah, great players, not good because I think we've already got good players. You need, you need players that are better than obviously what we've got. So if you can bring a couple of great players in, maybe one or two. Um, who was able to contract and then promote from within. That is probably a successful um, summer summer period. But what I would say is if our ambition is to get to the top, get in the top three this season, then somehow we've got to claw back 15 to 18 points on the, on the big three. So in my opinion, it's harder to get into the top three than it is to, to go from top three to winning the title. Um, and this is a season where if we need to maintain that growth, um, we need to either get to a cup final or to break into that top three. Uh, and then that's a big ask. I, I know that what I was saying regarding um, being progressive, then this should be the transfer window where we see probably the biggest um, the biggest market signings, even though everything's going against that. I appreciate that with what's going on in the world. To make that step up, this should be the uh, transfer window coming up. That is going to impact impact at the most on his thoughts. Yeah, I mean, again, I cannot disagree. What I would would I, what I would put forward is that you know, in terms of the the points that you've suggested, the the issue has always been about goal scored, not just not necessarily just the the, the points, the difference. So when you have goal scorers in your team that are unable to make the team, like Molly Green, mm. uh, then you have to ask yourself. The goals that came from the middle of the park have been depleted. Main striker from the previous season, in and out of the team on the wing, not necessarily scoring the same number of goals. There are goals in the team. Yeah, there are goals in the team. So you know the talk about getting the marquee signing, unless that marquee signing is going to score fifteen to, to to eighteen goals, you have those already in your squad. So if it's just about the name that you bring in then, you know, I can see, yeah, I can see the possibility of that. I can understand the thinking. But is the name going to give you the 18 points? Because they, you're basically saying that, that all of the points that you need, you need goals. Mm -hmm. That's what you need. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we had a conversation in December, didn't we? Where um, the conversation was based around Elatoon, and um, I think she scored four or five, and then we had this uh, chat on YouTube, and I was still umming and ahhing whether or not Ella should have been put into the into the starting eleven. Um, I think I pretty much said I'd, I'd, I'm happy with the current three midfielders because it wasn't just about goals. I think if you are looking at getting goals, surely you'd be looking at putting a Tooney in there now instead of Jackie. Even though Jackie contributes in different ways, if you want to make goals, um, then you know Ella, Ella or maybe Molly, but definitely Ella at the moment is, is the one to get in there ahead of Jackie now. Well, you know something? I mean, again, I, I'm not going to disagree with you because it's for me, I'm looking at in terms of if it's about goals and it's about the, those goals turning into points, then logic says she gets in. Yeah. But sometimes logic doesn't pick the team. <laughs> Do you know? It doesn't. Yeah, it's just... I, I've been behind Casey Stoney a hell of a lot. And um, when um, when certain fans are saying, let's let's let's, let's swap uh, Zellum, let's swap um, Rowling, let's change formation, I'm thinking to myself, no, you know, these three midfielders have actually got us to um, fourth in the league. So I'm very happy with, with those three players. Um, I think where I've been a little bit um, naive or maybe a little bit um, giving Casey a little bit too much credit is I think where things haven't worked, um, she could have experimented a little bit more. So when we have gone on a bit of a downhill run, there was no problem um, putting Tooney in instead of Jackie, for example. Um, I think she only dropped Katie once. can't remember what that game was now. Um, but yeah, I think that's my only argument this season um, because I have been fully behind um, all of Casey's, everything that she's done, apart from maybe just swapping it up a little bit when players have been out of form. And I think if we had freshened it up, that would have helped. Um, obviously, strength in depth uh, of the wide areas, which we mentioned, I think that's really let Casey down. And that's not Casey's fault, is it? That's just when two of your wingers get injured and you haven't really got anybody else apart from maybe Lizzie. Um, you know, you are struggling then. Yeah, you are. You know, before we go on and talk about something else, which is kind of Manchester United women related, but an external, you know, I was thinking about what you said in terms of the marquee signing coming in and whether or not Molly would get in and it would be another season on the bench. So in, 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 in again, with logic, you'd think she'd move on. If the marquee signing comes in, whoever they are, they're going to be in that midfield area. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Then Amy Palmer, who's come back, who had a blistering first part of the season away on yeah. loan, is now going to take Molly's position on the bench. Now, is that really Is that really what we want? <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. That's why I don't think we should mess around our midfield too much. All I would say is let's just um, freshen it up a little bit every now and again. So I think the, the midfielders that we've got already, I think, are probably... Um, good enough. Um, we just need to maybe rotate them a little bit more. Look, it's always good. We can always say that we can bring somebody else in. But I just think, as you mentioned at the start, in the current climate, if we're going to make some bigger name signings, I think there's other areas of the pitch that we should focus on. Um, like I said, we have got strength in depth in those midfields, in, in the midfield, but um, they do need to step up. They do need to step up. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I believe they can. I I am, as a fan, right, really sold on the idea of being part of the journey 
that sees this collection of players win a cup at the very least before they start to drift away and people talk about what they should have done. I understand the, 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 the desire that we have in our belly to kind of see new things in the, in the words of Boris Johnson, you know, be bold and get them, you know, and buy new, and buy new players. But sometimes you just have to kind of have faith with what you have and believe. And sometimes just the belief alone, just the actual kind word, the encouragement that players who are, who definitely have ability, you know, they don't score 15 goals in a season if they're not able yeah. to find their, whether it's focus, their desire, their hunger, and get them back to where they were so that they add what they had previously to the t Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's almost... Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the only um, reason why I would think that we need new signings is if Katisi can't decide on, on her starting 11 in certain areas, then to me that means that we haven't got a player good enough. So because we know who our goalkeeper's going to be every game, that means that she's good enough. Because we know who our central three are going to be every and our central two is going to be every game, then they're good enough. Um, and because we know who's going to be left wing every game, if she's fit, then we know that she's good enough. It's the other areas that where people, where players are swapping and changing. They're swapping and changing for a reason. It's because at some point they've probably made mistakes or it's because somebody else is maybe leaped ahead of them. And I think it's those areas that we need to be focusing on. Um, yeah. And you can say they're growing. Look, I'm, I'm a huge fan of youth, uh, especially in the men's team, um, which we don't need to talk about too much now. But um, I, I am a huge believer in seeing people grow. And I think the men's team, you can see them growing together because of their age, etc. Um, I just don't know if um, our women's team, some of those players could actually grow into an eight, nine or 10 out of 10. Some of them may have plateaued out to be a squad player to maybe like a seven out of 10, potentially. Yeah, you're, you're harsh, John, you're harsh. <laughs> you're harsh no, I was just, go I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that not all of them but I just think that some of the players um, I think maybe I, I, I'm expecting too much but if you want them to break into the top three then it's um, you know the, they have the, the, the 15 to 18 points away for a reason aren't they yeah I mean listen like I said you know you have the, 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 that number of points means goals when you, when you look at it and you think, oh, not, it's about the goals you score in a game and the yeah. goals you concede. And that's, you know, you can score four. If you can concede two in the game, then you know you get the points. So it does, mm -hmm. for me, it's all about the goals. And, it's and... In, the three massive games that we've had this season against City, Chelsea and Arsenal in the league, we lost 1-0 on each time. So the, the defence, like, like you say, isn't the issue. Um, it's not. I mean, one was a penalty. A controversial one at which Chelsea Arsenal yeah. took them 89 minutes to get get a goal, and Man City was just a brilliant goal that the Etihad outside the box. Yeah. So yeah. we are competing. It's just um, it's, it, what's little staring is like I say, getting those getting those goals, uh, and also strength in depth where players are out of form um, against the weaker teams. We we just haven't shuffled the pack enough, I don't think. But there's probably reason behind that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I will always say it's all down to goals. I'll say down to goals. Let's let's go and talk. I'm conscious of our, our time and everything. Um, let's talk Casey. 
Let's talk Casey. Let's talk Casey. Um, no, no heat, no heat, Casey. It's all love. It's all love. Uh, and 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 this is about her possibly looking at something beyond Manchester. The news of Philip Neville leaving England lionesses has thrown her name, whether she wanted it thrown or not, into the hat as a possible contender, stroke candidate, stroke successor for the lionesses job. Um, first thing, do you believe she should apply? Okay. Um, no, I don't think she should apply, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough. Um, <laughs> I, if I put myself in Casey's shoes, this is what I will be thinking. Um, even though Man United is the biggest club, yeah. in my opinion, um, yeah. uh, not just women's style, I want to bet the biggest club uh, in England, you'd want to stay with that, wouldn't you? And she's still learning. But in her, in her eyes, England international job is probably the biggest job that she could potentially get in her career, unless if she wants to move abroad. But as an English person, managing your country um, is, is probably the biggest job you can have. So why would you rush into that right now when you've got a fantastic project that's going well, where the crowd love her, the players love her, she's well-respected in the club, Seems like she's got a lot of control in the, in the club as well. She's not just, um, say, for example, uh, Solskjaer or Mourinho at Manchester United. She, she's got a lot more say, I think, about things above her head. Mm. I can't see why she should apply just yet. I, I would like to see that where can, where, she, where can she take Manchester United first? Um, yes, there is the argument that things are going well and the opportunity may not come, come again. Well, she's only been in management for like, what, two, two years? So surely that opportunity will come. Um, so I, I don't think she needs to rush into it. I think let somebody else pick up the pieces, so to say, after, after <laughs> Phil Neville. Let's see where this journey takes us in the next two or three years. She's, I, I think she's going to give us some silverware, which is going to be something else onto her CV. And just imagine, I mean, if, if she can just keep building and break us into the top three, that's even better. And worst case scenario, we only ever end up in the top four with a final. I still think that she can still manage in, internationally at some point. If Phil Neville can do it, who hasn't really got a CV behind him um, of that kind of level, then surely she should be offered in three years' time, if not, you know, later on. You know, you know, um, you know, she is in her mid thirties, quite young as a manager. Uh, I understand what you're saying in terms of her staying at Manchester United and building um, something that everyone can look back on and, and talk about for many, many years. Like I've said, I, I, I want to be part of the journey as a fan. I want to see this group of players win something. But this is a very different kind of problem that she would face as a manager. Now that she's now the number one for, for a club of Manchester United stature, despite them only being around for a short period of time, the England Linus job, her name's been thrown in. So the FA the FA bods, let's say they are bods because they're kind of messing things up. They're listening to everything that's happening in terms of social network, the social chatter, whose name's hot, who's not, which names, whose fans are going to be upset. And they can see the value in a, a, a number of fans being upset in terms of their manager being, being taken away or being prized away or lured away. 
from the, the flip side is she may look at him and say, yep, don't want that. Don't want to follow Phil Neville. I'm going to stay here. The other side is that the job is offered to Jill Ellis, who has the pedigree that everyone knows in terms of the, 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 the you know, in terms of the American women and what they've achieved. And she stays in post for the next five and six years. She gets the Linus job. Who would you rather follow? Mm. Phil Neville? Yeah. <laughs> Or Jill Ellis. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and that, that is always a good point. You know, in uh, in my career, uh, nothing to do with football. It is always easier to follow somebody who's done the worst job because you automatically look good, even if you're just going at half speed. I, I get that, but if she does go into the England job now, she had a fantastic five years. What's she going to do when she's like 40, 45? You know, yeah, okay, things change quite quickly. She might want to come away from management then. But it's almost like a managing, managing career is gone right away. Yes, she could go to America. She could do anything else. I, I, I get that. Surely your two dream jobs, if you're an English manager, would be Man United, England. And if she gets both of those done before the age of 40, well, I'm not too sure how old she is, then it's like, oh, okay, what do I do now? Go to Everton? Like I say, I don't think there's any rush. I'm very much, um, I think it's good to build up your career. And before you know it, she's at the top of her career already. Deservedly so, baby. And things are going well for her. But then what happens when she's done that? The only way is down, I guess. And does she need to, like I say, I just don't think she needs to rush into it. Um, Yeah, I just don't think she needs to rush into it. It doesn't Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. The visuals say it all, John. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm almost gonna leave it there, but I'm I'm gonna just before we go because I just want to find out what you think in terms of the lioness job uh, with with Phil Neville. If you don't want KC to get the job, then we will end with this to see which cliffhanger you leave us with. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you want to get the job following Phil Neville since you don't want KC to get? Yeah. Look, I, I'm not. I don't know too much about um, the in, other individual managers. I'm more of a Man United fan than a women's football fan. But what I would say, coming from a Man United fan, uh, a Chelsea manager's done quite well for herself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I wouldn't mind shipping her off. And <laughs> um, yeah, look, um, as you said, I think whoever comes in will probably do a better job. Look, let's let's be honest. Phil never got off to a decent start, but for whatever reason, it's not it's not working out for him. So um, I think someone with experience coming into that role will, you know, with the team that they've got, will do uh, a decent job and shine. I do believe that, uh, and that includes Casey. Um, so I would like to see maybe a change uh, at Chelsea. Um, if you look at City, you know, City have got a new manager, you know, going in next season, probably next season there. Um, Arsenal, I'm, I'm not particularly scared of Arsenal from what I've seen of them. Just one player up front that sticks out for me. Um, and Chelsea, obviously, are very strong. So for us to break into that top top three, um, I think something needs to happen with those top three for them to get slightly weaker and for us to get a little bit stronger. So I, I would say probably, probably her, yeah. yeah. So basically, you're you're not even looking at it. You're, you're looking at see <laughs> which of the top three can we kibosh? By using 
the dud post of lioness manager <laughs> to make managers United great. It's just a cunning, it's a cunning plan, John. It might just work. <laughs> I'm always a Man United fan, even with a men's game. You know, I don't even watch all the uh, all the international games anymore. I'm more of a club man than a national fan, I guess. So, uh, so for me, yeah, anything that keeps Casey at the uh, at the wheel, uh, at least Sports Village, uh, is, a, is, a, is a bonus for me. All right, brilliant stuff, John. I would tell you who I'd like to be, England Lioness, but maybe next time. Uh, I'm going to say thanks, John. <laughs> thanks <John, laughs> for joining joining the chat today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. All right, this uh, this, this was us. Um, this wasn't even titled, so we're just calling it Two Fans Have a Chat. Uh, until next time, uh, I'm Rodney Cyrus. I'll see you very soon. Bye for now. <laughs>